0: This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Tallman Equipment prides itself in having more linemen tools in stock than anyone else. And now, when you're shopping online at tallmanequipment.com, look for the truck logo that says Fast Ship on hundreds of items on their website. That logo means that item is in stock and ready to ship the same day in most cases. When it comes to getting the tools and equipment linemen need, trust Tallman line one, one clothing company making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of the proceeds of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement give them a follow at line one one clothing on instagram and finally monzingo knives each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide find them on instagram at monzingo knives and get your american-made monzingo knife today Hello and welcome to Show Up Dad podcast. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. My special guest is none other than my beautiful daughter, Nakota Cashlyn Mendonca. She is fifteen going on sixteen and is my firstborn. It is said that the firstborn is the exact replica of their father. I guess the big question for a lot of fathers is out there is what do our kids think? And that's why I brought her onto this podcast. We've heard from us uh, from the mother's perspective, the father's perspective. And now I would like to interview my daughter to see what really is going on in our children's heads. Okay. So that's why she's on here. And I just want you guys to welcome her and thank you for being on the podcast, honey.
1: Thank you for having me, dad. Um, So a little bit about myself is, um, my dad's the CEO, um, the show dad. Um, and I'm really proud of that. I think it's really amazing what he's been doing here. Um, something about me is
0: what's your favorite color?
1: (laughs) Um, I have a lot right now. It's gray i think it's pretty um my favorite animal has to be a wolf um
0: why a wolf though
1: i don't know there's just something about them that's magical i guess Mm -hmm. um i think they're pretty interesting um like the way that they can like run for like such a long periods of time and like how much stamina that they have and like how they hunt in packs and how like the whole ranking system of like the alpha omega and like stuff like that. I find it interesting.
0: Mm, So the hierarchy. Yeah, Yeah, basically. Mm. Man, definitely sounds like you, uh, you might have your career in the military or something. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but uh, on a serious note, though, um, I guess a, a big question for a lot of the fathers is like, what do our kids think, you know, and I just want to ask you, that's why I brought you on this podcast, Nakoda, because I want, I want you to to answer some of the hard questions that we have, you know, like, one of the first questions would be like, what does a daughter truly need from her
1: dad? Their presence. That's something that really needed in a girl's life, because, you know, if we don't have that, um, I guess, validation from our fathers, then we tend to look for it in other men, and that can lead to, you know, sending nudes and going on and, like, dating and, like, jumping from men men to men to men to men, and that we're just trying to fill that hole in our heart Mm -hmm. um, from that's that's meant to be filled by our father's love
0: Mm -hmm. but why is it so like why is like how does it make you feel like when I acknowledge you like say for instance if I'm talking to your brothers and you come up and you want that validation for me and I kind of blow you off how does that make you feel kind of
1: makes me feel like I'm not really part of the family I guess like you're paying more attention to the brothers rather than me and I kind of get like lonely and you know I'll brush it off but like it still hurts a little bit
0: do you feel that it builds like resentment like it builds up inside you until it boils over
1: to a point yeah like if you continuously do it and then there's something going on with me that day and that just like is you know the cherry on top and then it just all comes out and Mm
0: -hmm. so what can we say to father because i know for you there's a lot of times that you tend to isolate yourself you'll go to your room and everything so do you feel it helps when i go and knock on your door and ask you hey nakoda are you okay today do do you like when i do that or um or do you need that space
1: yes and no like there's points in time where I'll just be like I want to be left alone right now just like leave me alone let me be like by myself and like try to go through like what's happened Mm -hmm. through the day like that's when I'll probably like want to be left alone and then like if you know whenever I come down to um dinner or just like come down from my room i think that'd be like a great time to say like hey nicole are you okay or just like come up and give me a hug mm-hmm. like about that, that i've noticed like you've done that some a couple of times and that's always helped
2: mm-hmm.
0: so you like that rather than me going to your room and, and knocking and on your bar- and checking on you,
1: yeah and barging you. in okay. and like invading my personal space
0: mm. Again, I think a lot of times for us fathers, we feel that since we provide the house, this is our rules, that we have the right to go anywhere in our house. How does that make you feel like if I say, oh, this is my house?
1: Well, that's true. You do provide for us, you know, and I'm really thankful for that. But at the end of the day, we still need our space, like we still have a bubble that Shouldn't be breached. Like that's everybody is entitled to having their own personal space.
0: Mm. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: It's okay. And being left alone every once in a while to, you know, cool down and blow off some Mm -hmm. steam.
0: I think a lot of times fathers don't know what's going on. So we think we have to come into the rescue, right? Because you're our little girls. We love you, you know, and there's nothing we wouldn't do for you guys. So, we go on this like problem solving deal where we're like, okay, I got to get to the bottom. I got to see what's going on. Did someone hurt my daughter? Blah, blah, blah. I know at least for me. So I go into this like protective mode, which is really is not a a mode that's connecting, I guess, in a sense. There's no real connection to it. It's almost like it's robotic or mechanical instead of more organic. So Mm -hmm. it kind of, I see where you can, take it wrong when I go in there and then you're like oh man you're invading my space what's wrong with you you know what I mean or or is dad mad at me or whatever so I can totally see your point of view
1: yeah because like whenever you come in you kind of like barge in and like you sit down and like you're trying to fix a problem and I think when you Pry, this is for me, um, when you like pry and like try to force me to talk about it when I don't really want to talk about it and just be left alone that Mm -hmm. forces me to close up even more and then that, um, you know is added to the boiling pot. And then, you know, it just builds up and builds up. And then that's when like, I'll go and I'll explode at you. Like, I don't mean to explode. It's just like, I want to be left alone right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me cool down. And then once I'm cooled down, then you can come and, you know, check up on me.
0: So in that moment, when you want to be left alone, is it because you're trying to process what has gone like gone wrong in your day or whatever, whatever, is troubling you today? Are you trying to like, like truly understand what happened? Is that what's going on?
1: Basically. And it's just like the fact of just like being left alone and mm-hmm. thinking about what happened and um, seeing if there are any areas where I can fix it before I have to go to you guys and, mm-hmm. you know, ask for help.
0: And I truly understand that I do, especially now that you're becoming more of an adult. Uh, you're growing up to be such a, a wonderful young lady. Um, the problem that I have is that I want you to be able to come to me. I want you to bring your issues to me. And I, and I get it. I get it. You're my little girl. And a part of that is accepting that you are growing up and you're not going to be this little girl anymore, you know, and I can't solve your problems. All I can do is just help you be able to navigate your problems and make wise decisions, you know? So I think it's growth on both ends for the father and for you as well. Right.
1: Oh yeah. Of course. Like there'll be times where, you know, like, once i've cooled down i'll come to you guys and you know i'll get some great um advice from you guys Mm -hmm. but i under i truly understand that part of like wanting to be there and wanting to help but like you just have to you know stand down just like a little bit so Mm -hmm. that way um i can cool down Mm -hmm. because when i when something's going on like off in my day and, like, I get, like mad or fed up i just want to be left alone and like it you couldn't like you couldn't do anything wrong it's just like if you just like poke me a certain way that i'll that'll escalate to the situation where like i'm pissed off at you now Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just best like you know let me cool down and then come in and then start working your way and like seeing what's wrong and then you can problem solve and give me advice on what to do here
0: okay so instead of poking and prying right and trying to get you to open up give you your space is that what i'm hearing correct Mm -hmm. give you your space and allow you to come to us with what you're
2: dealing
1: with right right because for me i'm very independent so i want to um you know, I want to be the one to solve it. But at the end of the day, that's something that I need to work on because I can't do everything by myself. And that's something that I mm-hmm. need to understand and, you know, come to you guys. And I have, I've come to you guys before about um, like, like situations with friends or like boys or anything like that. And, you know, your advice has like really helped me a lot.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm okay
0: well that's some great advice for for fathers out there fathers if you're listening don't try to poke or prod them just make sure the lines of communication are open so they can come to you with their problems and also for daughters out there know that we love you we love you tremendously and we want you to be successful in all that you do so that's why we poke and we pry because we're the daddy bear. We want to be able to protect our little girls.
1: Right. I understand that. And so don't take offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, there's like certain times like where I'll want you to like, you know, you don't have to like poke and pry and be like, Nakoda answer up. like, mm-hmm. Nakoda, um, tell me what's going on. Um, Just like be like, okay, you want your space? I understand that. If you ever need to talk, I'm here for you. Just know that I'll always be here for you. That's like reassurance saying Mm -hmm. that we can go and we can talk to you and we can hopefully trust you with the situation at hand.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that you said trust because definitely the only way that you're going to come to a father is if you trust that he's safe, correct? And he's not going to judge you, not get mad. So was it hard for you to trust me at the beginning?
1: In the beginning? Yeah.
0: So was it more out of fear of what I was going to tell you or ain't like, like why, what was the trust breakdown there? Can you explain?
1: It was more about fear about what you were going to say. And Mm. I didn't want to disappoint you Mm. in what, you know, I did wrong because I'm already feeling guilty about doing, like, something wrong, and then you going and saying, why did you do that, that was really dumb of you to say, like, do that, you should have done that, that adds on to, you know, that guilt, and so, like, I wouldn't come to you, because I was scared that you would yell at me, or go and, like, say, like, mean words, and, um, you know, like, cuss me out or do all this stuff Mm -hmm. and like i wouldn't i wasn't able to come to you so that's why i always went to mom right for those things because she had a more like softer delicate touch Mm -hmm. and like way of dealing with all that stuff
0: versus this hard militant style of being detached and just trying to get to the problem right
1: right yeah okay
0: I I see that I see that definitely um how has it changed like how have I changed in that perspective have have I gone better
1: I think you have you've gotten a lot better um since the beginning um Mm -hmm. you're you're here um which is a change you know it's been rough like um because you're always out of town trying to provide for us and then when you would come you know home and you would like mom would be taking care of us and have like a certain schedule or whatever Mm -hmm. and we were used to her delicate you know like comforting side and then here comes you know the big old um dad who's like um like militant and strict and you know like firm and then that comes in it's like night and day right yeah being a bull in a china shop you know like it comes and <laughs> like destroys everything you know like it, but we think it, we're helping though yeah yeah um so it was really different um there was some times where um my mom would ask me she was like so are you happy about dad being home and deep down I was like no I wish you'd go back on the road because it was such a big change in like the atmosphere and Mm -hmm. like you're so like mean and like Mm -hmm. strict it was like such a different way of living when you're around
0: what did you feel like when I was being mean in those times did you take it upon yourself did you think it was like something that you had done Where you like man does my dad treat me like this because it's me I'm doing something wrong is that how you felt or like
1: yeah I I was really like is it me am I the one like I was questioning everything I was doing and like Mm -hmm. growing up my whole um life I was always wanting to be you know that perfect daughter who didn't do anything wrong who made her dad proud and Mm -hmm. who didn't really make any mistakes but that was wrong of me to think that because you know i'm human and we're not perfect we make mistakes regardless of what we do and we gotta learn to learn from those mistakes to get better
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. man i could see how totally that uh when as a father, right, just hindsight 2020, looking back, I could totally see how that made you feel like you had to live in a perfection home. And it sucks because I grew up in a perfection home as well, to where everything had to look a certain way, we had to go outside perfect. I mean, we get our our, our butts handed to us by grandpa, and uh, or my dad, and when we went out into public, we had to wipe the blood off our nose, or or you know comb our hair after we'd been thrashed or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And put on this perfective uh, persona, you mm-hmm. know. So I could totally see how me doing that caused you to feel like you needed to act a certain way and be perfect. And you're absolutely right, Nikoda. There's so much knowledge and wisdom in hearing that from you because. You're right. No one is perfect. People make mistakes. And just like you were making mistakes. Me as a father, I was making mistakes, too, because you got to understand. None of us grew up with the perfect role model.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We learn from our own fathers. Right. Right. Um, some better than others. Right. And no offense to my father out there or nothing. I love my daddy. He did the best he could. Um, he was always a great provider and he did what he knew he, he needed to do. So, I'm not holding that hit against them at all. I, I refuse to have a, a victim mentality in that aspect. But, you know, we tend to fall back to what we were shown and taught. And that was a lot of the things that I showed you because I didn't know you're my firstborn. You're, it's all, it's crazy because like the firstborn, it's almost like trial and error. It's like, well, let's try this or let's try this. And it seriously, you guys are like an, a, a, guinea pig. a guinea pig. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've seen the difference between yeah. you and then your baby brother, how right. the treatment yeah. is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and it sucks, you know, and it shouldn't be that way, you know. But just knowing that there's a reason behind everything, the why, like I, I like to tell and explain, and I think clears up a lot of questions asked, right? Because right. You're probably growing up with questions as a, as a young girl. Is it me? Why is my dad always angry? All this different stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm here to tell you that no, it's never been you. You were my firstborn daughter and I love you.
2: Me too, Dad.
0: <laughs> and uh, raising children is not an easy task, especially for a, a father who wants to provide for you guys and wants to be there for you it uh it literally would break my heart when i would have to go on the road again the whole entire time i was home i was preparing to leave and in that aspect the only easy way for me to be able to leave was to completely detach myself from you guys i started looking at you and mom because it was just you two at the beginning as an object versus people I cared for and loved, Cause it was easier for me to leave an object versus people I loved. Right. And I think that's what a lot of fathers do. They detach from the situation. Um, that's good in a sense. Like when uh, like one of our past guests, Cody Gandhi talked about total detachment when you're making decisions, you know, and that's what Jocko Willink and them talk about being detached from the situation and not getting emotional. I agree with that. The problem here lies in with that though, for me was that you can't stay there being detached because that detachment, which you're able to go and, and go on the road and be away and do a good job. That detachment right there created these separations between the ones I loved, which mm-hmm. are you and mama mm-hmm. and you're living proof. I mean, that, can't deny you you're talking right now on this podcast letting people know our listeners know that there was a void that was created between you and I
1: yeah there was and I think I've you know when you would leave and like you would when you would leave and you would be you know mean and come home it was like I started to grow that detachment of like trying to almost like stay away from you as Mm -hmm. much as i could so that way i didn't have to deal with you being you know mean and yelling at me for every little um mistake that i did Mm -hmm. and so it was easier to stay away from you so me and you basically just grew apart Mm -hmm. and when you would go on the road and you would um you know come back from storms and bring like little gifts or whatever those were nice Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the same as you know being there Mm. and I think a lot of the dads who do go on storm or are away and get gifts for their children that um it's not the same like a present can't um
0: replace our presence, right
1: yeah a present can't replace um a father's present and that's something that I think is a really big issue because like we try to like spend all this money on them and like try to win them over with that like you know money and stuff like that when that's not it like you'll see it in movies too. Like they just want that, you know, validation and love and comfort from a father. Mm.
0: So how would you suggest in your brain and what your thoughts are, how would you suggest a father like me and all the countless fathers that listen, who actually have to go out and work, what do you suggest to them when they come home? Like to be more to, to build those, those, those bridges, to have that relationship with their daughter? What do you suggest to them? Cause obviously we're not telling people to quit. We can't tell people to quit their jobs, right? right? We don't want right. to do that. Cause no. that's part of our deal. What do you suggest to those fathers? Like.
1: My advice is. To just go up to her and give her a hug. You know, that's baby steps from there, you know, give her a hug, tell her that you've missed her. And, um, Because girls are very like, you know, affectionate people like we love like that validation. Mm. That's something that women, I guess I wouldn't say like need, but like that's something that we want. We want that validation from Mm -hmm. the people that we love so just like going up and giving her a hug and saying I've missed you like how are you doing like Mm -hmm. just like little stuff like that and then leading up to you know like the bigger steps like talking about like how everything's been I guess like
2: Mm
1: -hmm. like if you've done something wrong and just like little baby steps onto there
0: so what I'm getting is in order for a father to be able to have those to bridge those gaps right in communication and have that relationship with his daughter especially if he's on the road is to show that validation when he is home be present correct
1: yes be present like i know that be kind yeah basically and i know that like some of like nowadays, there's so much technology yeah. in this place. Like to not really be on your phone when you're around here. Like give all your attention to her, mm. like, make her the main focus of that. And I know that some of the dads who do work, they have, um, you know, jobs. Yeah, so. and um, like stuff on their phone for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be best, like, if you are with your daughter to like you know, um, just like, set down your phone and put your family first, I guess.
0: Mm, I got you. So that one on one time with your family, turn off your phone, right?
1: Yeah, because that one on one time, you'll never really get it back. Mm. This time keeps spinning. You can't like go back in time and get that time with your family and growing that connection back.
0: I got you. I got you. And also too, like with you going back to our dynamic, we didn't have the luxuries of what people have today. There is no smartphones, remember?
1: Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) So, I
0: mean, that's one of the ways that fathers can use these devices to be able to, to, you know, obviously our presence, right, can't be there all the time. We can't be with you 100% of the time, right? Because we have to go out and work. Right. Okay. But if we can use those devices in a way that is productive, to be able to FaceTime or mm-hmm. Zoom or whatever it may yeah. be, right to to ask you how your day is and get that one on one time and talk right. to our daughters, right? That, Do you think that would make yeah, a yeah,
1: that would make a very big difference? Um, just like calling her like every night and saying good night, mm-hmm. um, you know, checking up on the family. That would make a total difference
0: now I remember when I was working a lot out of town I'd call you every morning to pray with you before you went to school how did that make a a difference for you um did you like that
2: or
1: I liked that um but you know like over the years with like you know you being you know mean and stuff I kind of like was like oh he's calling again
0: like there's that like so I was in alignment with, so one minute I'm praying for you in the, in the morning. And then the next minute when I'd come home, I was a jerk. Right. So I wasn't, yeah, so. I wasn't practicing what I preached. Right. Right. And I think that's what happens with a lot of Christians out there. It's easy to fall into that role where one minute you're praying and, oh yeah, hallelujah. Now, praise God, all this different stuff. Right. And then next, mm-hmm. thing you know, you're cussing somebody out or you're back talking right. someone. And it's so right. easy to fall into that. And I think right. that's why a lot of people call Christians hypocrites. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, we got to still remember that we're not perfect,
1: right? We're human. And it's okay to be human. It's okay to make mistakes and learn from them.
0: Exactly. Um, so Nicota, I want to go on to this next question. Okay, because obviously, you know, me and your mother haven't had the greatest marriage,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: We've had our ups and downs. And that ain't no secret. You know, I'm
2: right.
0: not sh- ashamed of that at all. Um, we both had our parts you know they say that a a marriage is built on thirds a third of what we see a third of what we were taught and then the other third is the atmosphere that we're in okay -hmm. those are the three things that really affect our marriage so with that being said how did parents fighting like your parents like me and your mama how did that affect you when we were having these conversations that were pretty
2: heated like what do you remember
1: um, I remember the boys crying. Uh-huh. Um, I would have to take them into my room or their room and I'd have to calm them down because they would be crying and they would hear you guys yelling. And then once I'd calm them down, I would like go into the kitchen or like wherever you were. And I would, um, you know, I would like, I don't, like, I would, I guess, eavesdrop on it, like, I would see what's going on. And I think that every child has done this in their life, like, you know, to see what's going on, and like, to see what's the problem. Mm. And like, why you're fighting, because, you know, we just want to help, you know, we want to, like, we want you guys to stop fighting. So that way, you know, we could be that you know, happy family again, because no child likes it when their family's fighting, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, a very sad time you know and it does affect us in our life Mm -hmm. it does affect us like emotionally and like when your parents are fighting you do kind of get depressed I guess Mm because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know if there's going to be a divorce or if like somebody's cheated or like something like that's happened so like all these like thoughts are running in through your head Mm -hmm. and so it's it's scary and you just like you're just asking yourself like what can i do to like fix this like what Mm. can i do to like you know bring them back together so that way they're happy again Mm
0: -hmm. so you so as a child you feel that you have the ability to bring your parents back is what i'm getting right
1: that's what we want to believe
2: Mm-hmm.
1: like we want to believe that we can fix it but at the end of the day the fight's not between us it's between our parents mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. now you
0: talked about depression as far as you know when you know that want to be one of the things that happens when you see your parents fighting was there a point in your time your life that you felt depressed when we we're fighting
1: yeah um i i was in like beginning of freshman year
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um you guys were fighting and um it was not beginning like the end almost like middle of freshman year Mm -hmm. um that was hard because you know i'm in high school and you know high school there's like that stepping stones of your career and like what you want to do Mm -hmm. so like homework and school and expectations plus that fighting you know it just gets all like jumbled up and like you're confused almost like Mm -hmm. it's like you don't really feel good about it Mm -hmm. like it brings like this sorrow and like like bad like vibe or whatever yeah
0: yeah, I definitely Shoot see the, uh, how negative energy could affect you guys, especially in the home. Um, one of the things my good friend Miguel, um, you remember brother Miguel?
1: I know Miguel.
0: <laughs> you know, um, one of the things that Miguel would always tell me is as a husband, as a father, we're able to change our environment. And what he meant by that is our presence, our very presence has the ability to change the atmosphere. Whether the household is going to be in chaos or your household is going to be run in peace. And to prove that, we're at his house one day. I was working out in El Paso and um we're sitting around his dinner table and he opened up the screen door to his house. It was Mm -hmm. cold as hell. I mean, Mm -hmm. for those who've never been out there, it's a high desert and it gets cold, you know. And I think it was snowing that year down there. And um he opened up the screen door and the cold air came in and everybody's like, damn, Miguel, close the door. What's wrong with you? You know? And, uh, he starts kind of laughing and he closes the door and he's like, what did I just do? And I, you know, being a smart ass, I, I tell him, was like, Oh, you freaking let it all let out all the hot air, man. (laughs) You you know, you're trying to heat the neighborhood as if it was my house, you know? But, uh, he, he kind of laughs. He's like, I just changed the atmosphere. He's like, in just the way I open that door to let in the cold air, I can shut it to keep that cold air from coming in. He's like, that's the same thing as fathers. We're the gatekeepers. We are control, uh, controlling what comes in and comes out of our house and what happens in our atmosphere. So when I'm bringing as a father, what I'm getting at, the point is as a father, we have control of what we're allowing in our home, whether it be pornography, whether it be drinking or drugs, any of these things, you know, if you're bringing that into your home, and you're showing your kids that what environment are you creating for them?
1: Exactly. Like, what are you teaching your kids to do? basically?
0: Now, with that being said, Nakoda, you're the reason why I stopped drinking. Do you remember when daddy used to drink?
1: I remember when you would chew. Um, I think I was too young to remember when you would drink, but I mm-hmm. do remember when you used to chew, we'd go to that little like, place over there by that casino or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you'd get me a Gatorade.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get you a Gatorade and a log of chew for me, huh? Yep. And what did you think about when daddy was chewing tobacco? What'd you think?
1: Nah, I was too young to know what it was, Uh uh-huh. but... um. I was just like oh Gatorade yay yeah so you didn't really (laughs) yeah I didn't really know but the thing that I did know was that it wasn't good you know I didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. but I knew that it wasn't good Mm -hmm. if that makes sense
0: how did you know it wasn't good like
1: um just like
0: from hearing mom or
1: yeah like just like the whole like atmosphere like whenever you'd get it you'd like almost change like you weren't the same I guess like Mm. it was it was just like different
0: yeah it calmed me down I'd throw in a dip and then I'd just be like oh this is so good yeah and just relax and then probably yeah around that time since I was using tobacco to stop drinking right and going back and forth um my attitude i could totally see it i remember one time your mom told me she's like i'd rather you drink than you be coming off chewing tobacco you're you're a you're a jerk when you stop chewing tobacco
1: yeah you were i re- i think that was like one of the hardest years for me is when you stopped um chewing because like every little mistake i made you'd get so pissed off Mm -hmm. at me for doing and it'd be like little mistakes like I don't know like leaving the chicken gate open or whatever like you'd get so pissed off at me for like just these little mistakes and you know I think as you know a little kid and you know not being like a father being there Mm -hmm. um we would rather have you be angry at us and show us that kind of affection Mm. and like instead of you not show us affection at all
0: wow so you were you rather have negative attention versus no no attention at all wow okay I see that man I could see how that could totally send our daughters into the arms of the wrong man for sure I mean because if the only attention you're getting and you don't know any better is, is, is crappy attention, you know, the father yelling at you or beating you or whatever he may be doing, right. Telling you all these mean things. What do you tend to grow up thinking about yourself?
1: Uh, You're worthless basically that you don't have a voice that you're just um, something that can be pushed around basically. Like you Mm -hmm. tend to going to think that you have no value value yourself.
0: Wow. Yeah. I could totally see that, man. Yeah. That's, that's a, it's a big deal, especially with our daughters. You know, there's so many girls that are growing up there right now. I mean, how many girls have you ran into?
1: I've ran into so many girls who have jumped from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend Mm -hmm. and they're in all these toxic relationships and they like they don't see their worth they find their worth in men
2: Mm. In, in boys
1: yeah in boys basically instead of you know knowing that they're good enough to you know um not have a boyfriend like there is Um, one of my friends would always jump from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend and she would just you know like be in these toxic relationships and whenever she was in like a good one she would be like oh my gosh what's going on he's not texting me or responding me like Mm -hmm. back to me like she was having all this like fear and anxiety of him leaving and like breaking up with her and so she would like cling on to him like as a lifeline basically instead of knowing that she's okay mm-hmm. without a guy to validate her
0: so do you think that when a girl is needy right or because that's what it comes off to men you know what i mean when a girl is clinging like that we, we call them needy right or, clingy mm-hmm. or whatever but uh, a lot of times when we see that this girl is needy and i'm just talking about a man who was once a young boy who used to date girls right right Uh, so there's no punches here right so when i saw a girl who was needy like that a lot of times we think oh well they want something or they need something right and our tendency is to to push for that right do you think that's what happens a lot of times at girls your age now
1: um and
0: do you think that's why girls are having uh premarital sex at a younger age
1: yeah um i believe that it has to it all comes down to um you know the household the validation what you're growing up learning um Mm -hmm. you know when a father's not there it creates this hole Mm -hmm. in your heart and you try to look for different ways to fill that hole Mm -hmm. but nothing really works so we go to the second best option i guess which is dating guys and getting their validation Mm. and so that's why some girls will send nudes or have sex or like do all this stuff to please that man so that or boy So that way they can get that validation that they need that, which was supposed to be from a father.
0: I got you. I got you. Now, with that being said, um, speaking your experience, right? How has it been to like, go to someone's house or your cousin's house or whatever their house and just see the different dynamic, like say, for instance, if you go to someone's house and they're watching porn and their parents aren't saying nothing their parents are in the other room and stuff like that because that that happens i mean i know i remember growing up and going to of people's houses and you know they had porn going on and stuff like that so with that being said how coming up from a household that doesn't allow that is that an automatic trigger to say man this isn't right
1: yeah because um it'd be weird like i uh, like I don't know. It would just be weird. And I'd be like, you're allowed to watch that. Like, you know, that's bad. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, they'd be like, oh, my parents don't care. And I think that's something that a lot of people use as an excuse. Mm -hmm. It's not really an excuse, but like, they'll be like, oh yeah, my parents don't really care. Like, and they'll like brush it off almost like it's not a big deal that their parents don't care. Like Mm -hmm. they'll just be like, oh yeah, my parents don't care. I can smoke or whatever. Like, I'm um it's fine
0: listen to those words that you said though what they were saying my parents don't care right yeah so when they say that that automatically gives them a pass of saying okay they don't care well guess what I'm gonna get their attention I'm gonna do these things because why they don't care
1: right and that's something that I think all parents should be aware of is Mm -hmm. going and setting my example and caring for your child Mm because when you don't care for your child you're like oh yeah they don't care so I'm going to do something bad Mm -hmm. so that way they can um you know get that attention yeah be angry at me and I'll have that little that attention
0: Oh, that falls back to that negative attention yeah, versus yeah. no attention.
2: Right.
1: And like, you know, their parents might not, you know, if they get an A on their hard chemistry, chemistry tests. Like mm-hmm. they'll be like, Oh, good job for you. I'm going to go back onto my phone or whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of like you know getting in trouble like with a fight or with drugs or anything like that and getting Mm -hmm. that like negative attention like if you won't validate them for the good things then they'll resort to the bad things that way they can get you know attention that's not good that negative attention
0: I got you I got you one of the things I wanted to ask you Nakoda is we want to talk about the importance of having a good atmosphere. Okay. So we talked about atmosphere in the home, right. And how important it is for a father to create, right. That atmosphere for your children. Okay. And we have descriptive examples, you know, the whole screen door and stuff like that. And then your examples of of me coming home. Right. So with that being said, how has the atmosphere changed? Like how important is the atmosphere? Not only just where you're raised at in your home, but out in, say, per se, your school, like your school environment, how important is that environment? Because one of the things you told me one day, and I've shared it on the podcast before, um, is that when we moved from New Mexico to Cal- Southern California, you came home one day and you were really depressed. And I asked you, I was like, Nakoda, what's going on? And you're like, ah. Uh. I don't want to talk about it. And you kind of brushed it off. And then later on, I I hit you up again on it. And I was like, Nakoto, what's what's going on? You're like, I don't feel like I fit in is what you told me. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And when you did that, I asked you, why do you feel that you didn't fit in? And you're like, dad, no one's talking about fighting or no one's talking about who got beat up or jumped this weekend. Remember that?
1: Yeah, I remember that. And um, like... I remember that day, like, I would, because everybody at my old school would, like, hit you, like, you know, like, push you or shove you, like, in a playful way, and Mm -hmm. nobody there really did that. So, when I did that to one of my friends, they were like, oh, like, why'd you hit me? And I was like, oh sorry like that's like the atmosphere that I grew up in and it was strange that there weren't any fights like when I first moved here like you know that it's like it's really different when you go from one atmosphere to another it's a whole different change and Mm -hmm. experience because you know you've lived in New Mexico you've lived in the ghetto and you've lived in like with drug addicts and like pedophiles around your corner and stuff so you have this um survival you're in this survival mode Mm -hmm. all the time and when you go to school you're kind of like always checking behind your back making sure that nobody will come and like jump you Mm -hmm. or like do it like you're always like trying to make sure that you didn't do something wrong like you didn't you know like piss off the wrong person or anything like that Mm -hmm. and coming to california And, you know, living in the area that we do, it was really strange for me to, like, you know, see neighbors playing out in the street because, you know, we didn't have that. So that was weird. And then, like, having everybody, like, know each other and be nice and a genuine person, that was really different, too. (laughs) And, like, there were no fights at the school. So I was like, oh, this is, like it was, it was really different. It was a culture shock, right? It was a culture shock, a major culture shock. Mm -hmm. So it was just like really different.
0: So do you feel that the atmosphere from where you grew up to where you're at now has really made a difference in the way in the young lady you're becoming?
1: Oh yeah. Um, back in New Mexico, it was like, I was I didn't I would always get anxiety whenever I'd go to school
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: remember that
1: yeah I would always get anxiety my stomach would start to hurt and like I wouldn't feel good you know um
0: what do you think that was was from
1: well your stomach has more nerves than like in the entire body that's basically like your stomach is the uh Part where it has more nerves. So when I would get anxiety, it would go to my stomach and then my stomach would start hurting. Mm. So um it like I wouldn't like I was always wondering if it was something I was eating. Like me and mom would have to switch up my diet to make sure I wasn't like eating mm. anything bad. And um, All the while, it was nerves. Yeah, all the while, it was just me being nervous and anxious of Mm -hmm. going to school. And, like, I really felt that people judged you a lot. Mm -hmm. And, like, especially in elementary, I was always so nice to everybody. Like, and I wanted to make friends. Like, I wanted to have friends. You know, I wanted to have that you know best friend you see in the movies or whatever Mm -hmm. and I never really got that like I always had people like I was always making friends but they would just stab me in the back and like you know go away and like go to like the popular kids or whatever and like I was always super nice to them but they would come up with rumors and like stuff about like like me not being friendly or whatever like Mm -hmm. calling me names or whatever so it was just really different um Mm -hmm. growing up in New Mexico and then when I first got to you know my high school now um in California I at the beginning like those first two or three months Mm -hmm. I was still like anxious and I still had anxiety and I was like oh my gosh there's so many people here like (laughs) our school's like was three times bigger my school now is three times bigger than the one back home so there's like it's so many more people and it was just like really nervous and shocking but now that you know i'm settled in now like i don't get nervous going to school i'm actually excited to go to school (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually excited to go to school and see friends and learn so that's something that Mm -hmm. was really shocking to me so back on it
0: so to recap it does sound like a change in senior change in environment has been good for you
1: yeah it has um Mm -hmm granted I'll still miss my friends and stuff and family and having a big backyard and animals, but, um, um it's been, it's really benefited me um, mm. for the better, you know, I'm learning so many more new things. Um, I've gone out of my comfort zone and I'm on, you know, cheer I'm on song, like, Yeah, that's, Yeah, that's something I wouldn't do back in New Mexico. Like I was a total introvert back in New Mexico.
0: I remember you used to, we had the farm, remember? And uh, you would always hang around with animals. And Mm -hmm. I had a past guest, Phil Johnson, talking about emotional intelligence and how EQ is more sought after than IQ right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how people will tend to go to these animals because they feel like they're not judged. And yeah. after he said that, it made total sense because I always wonder, I was like, why is my daughter out there in the tree with a cat, you know, <laughs> or, or singing outside at 10 o'clock at night, you know, with the dogs or whatever, or playing with her chickies or, you know, yeah, um, all these different awesome aspects of having land like that, that I'm mm-hmm. sure you missed, you know, and yeah. enjoyed. But at the same token, it wasn't healthy for your development. And no. seeing from there to now how you've blossomed to this young lady who is not an introvert, who's actually very talkative, who <laughs> loves to be out there in front of people and talking and, and yeah. enjoying people and all this different stuff and, and totally having that self-confidence too. A lot of times they say, from what I've heard Confidence in our children, even in our spouse, comes from their husband, from their father, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I can tie it for me just actually being home and being more present now to where your confidence level is now. Or if it was actually your mom and I taking the steps to move our family from that toxic environment and bringing them out here to where you're actually blossoming. I don't know, know.
1: I think it's both. Both. Yeah, like there are parts that go into um, me, you know, blossoming and stuff like getting out of that um, comfort zone, right? Yeah, comfort zone was a challenge, but I think it was back in New Mexico and I think it was because of like the culture I was surrounded by like if you if you stood out like if you wanted to be like your own person you were looked down on in high school like you could not grow and um you know be different and do stuff that you wanted to do like you couldn't Mm -hmm. um you couldn't be different in any way and if you were different in any way people would look down on you and be mean to you now in this um you know
2: environment
1: environment you're like if you do do something different people are like oh right on that's really cool Mm -hmm. and like I'm still trying to get over you know me being different and me truly expressing myself as Mm -hmm. who I am because I'm still, you know, working through getting over being, you know, um, the same as everybody being normal. And Mm -hmm. I think something that's really cool is my name means distinguished. Yeah, it means distinguished. And so I'm trying to live up to my name to be distinguished to be unique to be my own person.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that. And it's cool to see how much you've changed and developed from that scared little girl who no one wanted to sit at the table with. Who, when you would sit, I remember you going to a school and it broke my heart because your mama was the one that was telling me. And, you know, I was on the road, of course. And um, she called me up crying one day. She's like, man, she's like, I just witnessed Nakota go and sit down cuz you went to a private christian school. I remember remember that? I
1: remember this.
0: And you went to some pastor's kids. Yep. And you sat down at their table and they actually waited. Mom said that they waited for you to sit down and get comfortable and then once you sat down and got comfortable, they all got up and left laughing. Yep. And they sat at another table. So then you got up and you followed him like a little puppy and sat down and they did it again they kept doing that over and over again Mm -hmm. mom said that she would have to go when she worked at the church the first time and go and sit with you for lunch
1: Yep. every day i still remember that um you know i was always trying to make friends there and it it was really shocking to me that you know a pastor pastor's daughters would do that especially in a christian school like you know i would I thought I was gonna be like oh my gosh we share the same faith and religion you know that's really cool Mm -hmm. and you know they were always mean you know they're always trying to um you know um isolate me like Mm -hmm. they would always push me away Mm -hmm. from what they wanted to do and like they what is that word like they would um like I guess remove me from there like whenever I wanted to play I guess like say horse or whatever um they would always be like oh no you can't do that they segregate segregate yeah they would always segregate me from anything I did and like I never really had friends there so I was always friends with like the teachers or like the older kids who Mm. were like really nice. I still remember this one girl, Destiny. She was so sweet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, Nakoda, you know, just to touch base on that is that hurting people hurt people and no one's perfect. And hindsight 20, looking back, we understood and knew that their parents were going through a lot.
1: Right. And
0: that ain't no different than you going through what you're going through and then being mean to your brothers right we
1: right.
0: deflect correct
2: yeah
0: when we're dealing with eternal pain that just goes to show you what happens you know when children are hurting when they're seeing their parents fight right mm-hmm then it deflects it you know we internal uh, kids internalize it and then all of a sudden they start lashing out because they don't know what to do they don't know what to do with that emotion
2: right they can't
0: process it
2: right
1: yeah
0: and that's why you go and you isolate so you can process your problems
1: Mm -hmm. and like i'll like find ways to get my emotions out like drawing Mm, okay like that like I'll do that I think that's probably why I've been like so artistic lately Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really getting out there and like painting things and like painting my emotions or drawing out what I'm feeling in that specific time Mm
0: -hmm. so do you suggest to other young girls out there that that's one of the ways that you express yourself and your anger and your emotions?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, back in New Mexico, we had that bag and uh-huh. I would go in the garage and I'd get the boxing gloves and I would hit the bag. And that's one way I had dealt with my emotions. Uh-huh. And when we moved, we didn't bring the bag with us. So I had to figure out a way to get all my emotions out. And mm-hmm. mom was like, write it in a journal but like and or like journal it or whatever and I didn't like doing that I don't know why I think it was just because like it was coming from my parents saying do this and I wanted to find my own way Mm. of expressing myself so I finally found my way and that was through art and it's actually really helped me a lot Mm. and so I think one of the ways girls can um you know define or like get all that anger out it's trying new things try drawing um try writing it in a journal or scrapbooking mm-hmm. or you know making songs or whatever like just like getting it out and you in know, a healthy way yeah, right? in a healthy way instead of holding it in because when we hold it in you know it's like crumpled up paper mm-hmm. in like a tiny little you know bin like you you throw more and more paper on it and Mm -hmm. when you like smash it down to like hold it all in it comes up like a spring
0: yeah there's nowhere for it to go right
1: and so when you do deal with it and like you deal with one problem at a time and that's you unraveling that crumpled up paper and folding it neatly and setting it down in the bottom of the bin it's you know it's still there, but you've dealt with it in a proper Mm -hmm. manner.
0: Mm -hmm. I got you. I got you. So fathers, if you're listening, that's one of the ways you can share with your daughters and how to deal with these emotions that they're going to have. Little girls are completely different than males as you know, a lot of fathers out there have found out. So that's one of the ways right from my daughter, how she deals with her emotions is through creative expression you know, through singing, like she said, through through creating a diary, through painting, all these different things that you can share with your own daughter just to help them out. I mean, they're going through a lot of different emotions, their bodies are changing, mm-hmm. um, different changes in their atmosphere, whatever it may be. They're going through a lot and they don't need us pushing them away. So I hope this helped you guys. Once again, this is David with the show up dad, just trying to guy, just trying to bring you guys real life, just real life answers to, to problems that plague us as fathers, as husbands. Okay, guys, I appreciate you. And thank you for having to, for listening to my daughter, Nakoda, Nakoda.
1: Thank you so much for listening. It was an honor being on my dad's podcast and Just to let you fathers know that your daughters do love you, even though we, you know, try to push you away. We we do love you and um, we do care about you and your presence does make a difference in our lives.
2: Mm,
0: Thank you. And uh, also for everybody who supported my daughter for the uh, Song JV team, Dakota has something to say to you guys.
1: Yes. Thank you so, so, so much for that. It has really helped me. I'm so grateful for all of you guys. You have done amazing and you went above and beyond with how much money we raised. So I'm just so grateful for all your donations and everything like that. I'm just so happy that you have supported me in this and just... I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Well, you heard it from her. You heard it from the daddy. (laughs) You guys have an awesome one. Thank you.